0: Amen. It's been a good service. We could go home right now. Right? Yeah. Wow. So many things that God is doing in our hearts and in this world today. Just amazing. God is moving. He is moving every day. All the time, he's moving. He's moving in our lives. He's moving in our neighborhoods. He's moving in our towns and our communities. He's moving in the world like he has never moved before i was I was looking at the statistics and right now there's 2.7 billion people that are Christians in the world and sixty five billion people a year are being saved. That's a whole lot. He's adding to the church he is adding to the church, but God is going to do much more than he's been doing. He's going to bring a billion souls in. Amen hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that came from 12 guys. He gave that message. The 12 guys said, take my message and spread it around. Share it with all the world. Make disciples. And now we have 2.4 billion people, 2.7 billion people, believing in Jesus. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting. That's, that's, Wow. There's a lot of mysterious things in our world, you know. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) There are all kinds of mysteries. And it seems like when we uncover, unlock one mystery, it opens up three more mysteries behind that one. Just God likes to do that. Like, for instance, who pays the electric bill on the thousands of volts of electricity that strike the earth every day? Let me give you a little side note. This is just fun. It's not lightning strikes the earth eight point six million times. Now that'd be pretty amazing if it was a year. It would even if it was a month. But that's how many times it strikes the earth a day. Eight point six million times a day. Lightning strikes the earth. That's a lot of electricity. A lightning strike uh, the average lightning bolt carries anywhere from a thousand to three hundred thousand amps, give you an idea how much that is. Your house probably has a hundred, a hundred amp service. Well, a lightning bolt can have three hundred thousand amps. It can have anywhere from, um, well, they're rated up to one hundred twenty-five million volts. You use a, a hundred twenty volts to power your, whatever you power your toaster. It's a hundred twenty volt outlet. But these lightning bolts have got to carry one hundred twenty-five million volts. That's a lot of power. They can travel ten miles or more from the storm and strike them. Wow. In Job thirty six twenty two, it says he covers his hands with lightning and he strikes it. To commands it to strike. God controls the lightning. Wow. We serve a God who is big. He is big. Let me say that again. God is big. There's mysteries in the plant world, mysteries in our bodies, both our physical bodies, our spirits, our souls. There's mysteries of medicine, mysteries of nature, mysteries of science, all kinds of mysteries. But the greatest mystery that we see is the mystery of God's methods, the mystery of the workings of God. God is at work all the time. And one thing I know about God's methods, God's methods transcend us. I mean, that means they're mysteries to us. They are beyond our comprehension. Hmm. Paul shares a wonderful description in Romans 11.33. He says, Who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of his wisdom, and and marvel at his perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of his decisions? or search out the mysterious ways he carries out his plans. Verse 34 says, For who has discovered how the Lord thinks, or is wise enough to be the one to advise him in his plans? Or who has ever first given God something that obligates God to to owe him something in return? For out of him the sustainer of everything came everything, and now everything finds its fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor and glory be given to him forever. Amen. His riches, his wisdom, his knowledge are beyond measure. His methods are beyond our understanding. Paul said, who could search out the mysteries of the way he carries out his plans? God is bigger than you think. So change the way you think. He's bigger than we think. He is the most marvelous, wonderful, mysterious, supernatural, powerful, and on and on God that we could ever imagine. In fact, we can't imagine how big God is because he's bigger than that. He's more than we could imagine, more than we could ever think. When you think about God's methods through history, particularly in the Christmas story, it doesn't make much sense to us sometimes. If we were thinking of writing a script for the redemption of mankind, It wouldn't look like the one God wrote. (laughs) We would have him born in a palace, surrounded by the kings of the earth. We would have trumpets blaring. We would have a parade. We would send messengers to all parts of the earth shouting, the king has come, the king has come. Yet God chose to reveal Christ in a simple manner. There were no fanfares and parades. God chose him to be born in a stable, not a palace. He was born to a young couple whose hearts were pure but had no worldly influence. They were plain, they were ordinary, they were even obscure individuals. Yet they were the ones God chose to be the parents of Jesus. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, I like this. this, I quote this verse a lot, but I was reading the commentary around this verse and he said the reason he said this verse was because He was talking about his mercy and his forgiveness when he said, the way I distribute my mercy and forgiveness, it's way beyond what you think. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But part of God's desire is to bring us up into his thoughts bring us up into his ways. Paul said in Ephesians 3.18, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the depth and the length and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm. God's methods are certainly different than our methods would be. We, wouldn't, we shouldn't really be surprised at his method, though, because God does everything good. He chose Abraham to leave his home and to travel to a place of promise. He chose Joseph, the 11th son of 12, to be the savior of his family. He chose Israel, the least nation on the earth, to be his special people. He chose David, just a simple shepherd boy, not any of his older brothers, to be the king of Israel. He chose Bethlehem, a small insignificant spot on the face of the earth for the birthplace of his son. You see the pattern revealed there? Over and over and over again, God chose plain, ordinary people like you and me to do his extraordinary work. Luke records the account of Christ's birth and Mary and Joseph when they traveled to Bethlehem to register for the census. And while they were there, the time for the baby came to be born. And she wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Not a, not a man, that manger is a feeding trough for animals. They probably stayed in a barn. There wasn't even any room in the motel sticks. Joseph, he was a good husband, so he probably cleaned it up a bit, got all the junk out of the table, but it was still a barn. Because God does extraordinary things, mysterious things, with ordinary people in ordinary places. But his methods include us. They include us. Hmm. The angels came to announce the birth of Jesus. Who did they announce it to? Just some simple shepherds in the field, watching their flocks. Not to the kings or queens of the earth, not to the wise and learned people, not to the rulers, not to religious leaders, not to military leaders, but to the sh- simple shepherds. He chose to make that grand announcement of the birth of his son to them. But the more you think about it, the more, the, the more incredible the whole story becomes. It's almost unbelievable. And part of the Christmas miracle is the miracle of the method. God uses ordinary people to accomplish ordinary things, uh, extraordinary things every day think about even as you go to the end of Jesus' life he died on the cross he was crucified he was buried and he rose and who did he appear to? I would have written that story a little differently I think he just appeared to some women and then to his disciples but I'd have had him come out go back to the courtroom and tell those Pharisees see, look at me you didn't, you didn't really kill me, I'm alive. But he didn't do that. He gave it to those simple, ordinary disciples. And in Acts, it's recorded, in the power of that command that Jesus gave them, they were men who turned the world upside down. Amen? Twelve disciples. And now we have 2.7 billion Christians who are following their lead. How impossible is it for us to, us to understand his decisions, his methods? We can't understand them, but we can participate in them because he uses ordinary, simple people. Paul commented on this miracle in First Corinthians chapter 1. In, there it says, brothers, verse 26, <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. I think about my life, and I think about, I was just a... Boy, ride a tractor. God called me to life. I wasn't anybody special, just one of the ordinary kids, really, in the world. It says, Not many of you are wise scholars by human standards. I certainly wasn't. Nor were any of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly, lowly and laughable in the world's eyes, nobody's, so that he would shame the somebody's. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. Verse 29, So there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. God, you're doing it all. I'm just I'm just here to see and to follow you. Verse thirty, for it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God, as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now He is our God given wisdom and virtue and holiness and redemption. And this fulfills fill anyone who boasts, let him only boast in what the Lord has done. God's methods haven't changed. He still uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. So Paul gives us a clue in Romans chapter 12. What should be our response to God's choosing? Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender ourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you and be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit to the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, satisfying, and perfect life in His eyes. And God's methods are at work. Even when we don't know, even maybe even in spite of us sometimes. Hmm. God is at work in our lives in ways we do not and cannot fully understand. In the same way we might have written the script differently about our lives than God does. We might have written it, say, Well, we started our journey with Christ and now we'll have roses and good things every day all the time. Right? Life would be heavenly bliss. Until we go home. But instead, we experience pain and pressure, problems, struggles, sickness. We experience those things. We experience temptations and failures. We take two steps forward and go one step or maybe two steps back. There are victories and celebrations for sure, but there are also defeats and despair. It's not maybe the way we would write it. And I can't answer all the questions from God as to why that might be. But I can tell you that when you're going through circumstances, don't understand you're not left to despair you're not left on your own we can trust that god is at work in our lives you must choose to believe god is working to shape us and to mold us to become more like jesus that requires belief in the cardinal promise of romans eight twenty eight. you know that promise we know that all things work together for good to those who love god and to those who are called according to his purpose I promise, there was a time in our lives, Ruth, my, Ruth and mine, that we were facing a difficulty, and it seemed like this is bad, this, there's no hope, and we just kept standing on that promise. And now, the fruit of that is unbelievable. God redeemed that situation. And even when the, when the angel appeared to Mary, to tell her that she would be the mother of God's child, She didn't really have any idea what that meant. She didn't know everything that would happen. Joseph had no idea when he followed the angel's command, take Mary as a wife. What would that mean? But they endured ridicule, embarrassment, accusations, shame. But they also experienced the miracle of God's birth in their family. Wow. They saw God come in the flesh The cost of obediently following God was worth the prize of drawing near to him. Therefore, we must continue to trust him, that he is at work, that he is working for our good. Continue to trust God. I think one of the things that's so exciting about God is that he is a God of mystery. All through scripture, I was going to read all those verses about mystery, but there's too many. God has got a mystery, but he makes known to us the mystery of his will. He draws us into that. He said, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search it out. He draws us in to find out the answers, to find out the reasons. Maybe we don't understand how he's at work in our lives, but if we continue to follow him and believe in him, you will be richly blessed. God is, he's he's so big. I just, I wish I could, I wish I could give you a picture of how big God is, but I can't. He's so big. And his miracle in the Christmas story and in your story is unbelievable. He is working everything out for good, coming to a conclusion at which you will be found in fashion as Jesus was. The miracle of the method is that God uses ordinary people like you and like me to accomplish extraordinary things. He's at work in our lives in ways that we may not understand. But we can choose to trust Him, choose to believe Him because of the truth of His word, We can choose to believe that God is working for his glory and for our good I want to close with just a couple verses from the book of Ephesians verse, chapter 1 verse 7 it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he has made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Then in chapter 3, verse 8, it says, To me, whom less than least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make now all see what is a fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. And then chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I like that verse exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that all through history, You have been working, and you're working now. We see your hand moving all over the world, touching lives, touching hearts. We see your hand changing our destinies, and we thank you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Even when we don't understand how you're working, we trust you. You're the faithful God you're the faithful God bless your holy name we give you praise and glory amen amen put your hand in your heart this morning the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you the Lord be gracious to you lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus name amen amen go in his God